What's up, party people? Welcome to episode five of the Nick and the Hick. I am Eric, uh, also known as the Nick. And as always, I am joined by... Michael Brevard Decker, a.k.a. I am the Hick. And once again, I said this is episode five, and today we're going to be talking about the uh, continue our QT retrospective with Kill Bill Volume 2, because we did uh, Volume 1 last week. Also, hopefully, if we have enough time, I would like to get into our Guilty Pleasures uh, movies. And if we don't, I'll just edit all this out. I did play about two, close to three hours of the Bioshock last night. Also, yes, uh, we were supposed to talk about Bioshock, but um, we're not. But definitely next, next, uh, next week. I'm, I'm not done with it either, but I'm pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. Uh, oh, before I start, I wanted to get all this other shit out of the way. So we have Gamerish is starting a Patreon. All the links are going to be on below in the YouTube. But for anyone listening at Anchor, it is Gamerish under uh, Patreon. I'll probably put the link on the Facebook group. Is it Gamerish Network or just Gamerish? I think it's just Gamerish. Okay. Uh, definitely uh, put a, ga- a link on the Facebook. So help us out if you can. You know, uh, we're trying to build a community and, uh, you know, it all starts with you and it helps with you. And we're definitely going to be giving back to the community once we start getting a foothold on the Patreon uh, group, community, whatever. Uh, but the more we get and the more we'll put it back in uh so what else i also want to say don't uh forget to like comment and share uh no like comment and um, subscribe so what else is the face group group there's our discord group which is connected to our patreon um yeah i just figured get rid of all that now and then i'll have to worry about it later so kill bill 2 uh let's see so we start off with chapter six it's called <laughs> Chapter Six: The Massacre of Two Pines. So, at the end of the first movie, uh, we find out that um, the bride's baby is survived. Yeah. But she doesn't know that. We know that. And so, in the beginning of uh, Volume Two, they go back four years. Uh, we flash back four years to basically the scene of the crime and they it's the uh the chapel where the bride is going to get married to this new guy and then during the they're doing a rehearsal uh wedding which which i think in real life that's not really how rehearsals really work where it's they're not. just like yeah they're at the i they're at the what's it called the, um, the chapel and the chapel and they're practicing everything and that's not usually how it goes. It's in, it's in great detail, and they're talking to, uh, of course, Samuel Jackson's in this team. Because mm-hmm. he He's has a to man. shoehorn. Yeah. Shoe, shoehorn, shoehorn him in, him in <laughs> somehow. Um, and then, of course, the, uh, what is he? The pastor is being a pain in the ass, and the bride is very pregnant. So she decides that she wants to take a little break. And then as she walks outside, there's Bill. And it's a very awkward scene. And she doesn't know how to handle it. 
And she basically has to tell, I mean, she doesn't really give him great detail why she left, no. but he's acting as if he's upset, but not angry, which kind of, again, makes it a awkward scene. Uh, but at the same time, she doesn't uh, feel like he's being a threat. Well, so then uh, he gets to meet the man that she's marrying, Tommy. She gives him a little brief idea of like what her life is. And she's working at a record store and Tommy owns a record store. And we don't really know if Tom, I mean, obviously Tommy must know that's not his kid, but. Maybe. Maybe, but he seems to be an okay person or a nice guy. I think he's supposed to be seen as kind of like um, a dope. He's fond, he's fond of music. Yeah, he's fond of music. He's a bit of a dope. Yeah. He's like a nice guy. It's like, you know, the typical Hollywood nice guy is a dope kind of thing. So, he's very like 2000. Because of his hair? Yeah. His like frosted hair and his yeah. hair is he's all like spiked up. Limp biscuit and yeah, fucking... Is. Everlast, but who's the other one? Everclear, or whoever it was. Uh, he looks like the lead singer of uh, Smash Mouth. Yes. So, kind of makes you wonder what his uh, his love of music is. Probably just really shitty late '90s alternative yes. bands. So um, the neo grunge. Neo grunge. He meets uh, Bill. The bride tells Bill that he's her father. And there's this great moment where he says, you should give the pride away. <laughs> and, and Bill's like, no. <laughs> it's asking so, a bit much. Yeah, that, that's the, the line. Uh, exactly. So it, it's, it's, it's uh, an interesting scene because you know what's going to happen, but she doesn't know what's going to happen. And she thinks that Bill is somewhat okay with this situation. Uh, and Bill is a weird character because she's, Bill is like a mentor, a lover, but also kind of a father to her. Yeah. So it's kind of creepy. But then, um, you know, everything that they're like, they have to continue re uh, rehearsing, which again, it's not, that doesn't happen in real life. And then um, they all go back and, and, you know, they say that Bill's going to come in and watch the rehearsal. And then we get that shot outside of the chapel. And of course, there are four people waiting in front of the chapel. And so all... this is the first time we see the gang together, right? Um, probably. Now, I just wanted to say, as much as I like this movie, and I'm going to keep saying how much I like this movie, there are some cheesy elements to this. And cheese factor number one is when you see the... Uh, the deadly viper assassin squad uh and they're they're just standing there okay outside and then all of a sudden they get into chill mode which is just them going like this and then they just walk to the chapel with the guns up like this it's like who the fuck walks with guns like that like yeah. when, you, when you're in the army they just don't go okay ready men and then they just start walking like this so already it's like kind of cheesy but then you hear uh the bride scream out Bill, no! And then just gunshot. And that's a pretty lot, much... A lot of gunfire. A lot of gunshot, yeah. Um, still, you know, it's still fucked up. And so, how does anyone forgive someone for doing that? Um, 
Then that's the end of chapter six, and then there's chapter seven, which is the lonely grave of Paulus Schultz. Hey, you want to start talking about the universe a little bit? Sure. Paula Schultz. Where's she from? Um, she is the wife of the guy from Django, Schultz. Oh, really? Yeah, she's Schultz's what, what, wife. What state is that supposed to be? Like New Mexico or no? That was where they were at was like, um, well, I don't, I don't know where he buried his wife at, you know what I mean? But they were in the South. Yeah, he was the fastest. He was the fastest gun of the South, right? Yeah, I think that's Texas. Yeah, interesting. Um, oh, so and also they, the 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 Assassin Squad. You brought this up when we were doing Pulp Fiction, and that is the Mia. It's it resembles yeah the Fox the, Fox Force Five or whatever yeah, Foxy, called. Yeah, Foxy Five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I had mentioned this that uh, the some of these movies are just movies within the Tarantino universe. For instance, like Kill Bill is a movie that characters from Pulp Fiction would go see. Mm -hmm. So there's been theories that the bride is actually played by Mia. Yeah. You know, um, because of the fact that she was a, a wannabe actress and also like what you just mentioned, uh, that the Fox Force 5 was kind of similar to the the uh, Deadly Vipers assassin, which is such a dumb name for an, uh, a group of assassins. But, Deadly uh, Viper. Well, it, it's almost kind of like just as dumb as the Foxy Force 5. You know yeah, exa I mean? exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you kind of got to wonder like how much of Tarantino is aware of how cheesy some of his lines or some of the things he comes up with. Because a lot of these are supposed to be cheesy. It's yes. supposed to pay homage to cheese or... or um, Grindhouse, uh, which is very cheesy. Uh, so we see Bud, and uh, the, so the bride has already killed the ones that we've seen in volume one. And then she starts looking for Bud, and Bud is Bill's brother. Um, she plans on ambushing Bud, and Bud, we find, we kind of see a little bit of Bud's life. It is crap. And how much yeah, of a loser he is. And uh, you have to kind of wonder why, because does he feel bad for what he's done? Does he just, does he, he just feels like he has nothing else left to lose or nothing else left to gain, you know? He works at a strip club and he's like a janitor. And we see a scene where he's at work and one of the- He's a bouncer. Is he a bouncer? Yeah, he... he's like, he's like, why? He's his boss. First off, that's one of the funniest lines, and I still use that all the what? time. You're as worthless as an asshole right here. And points to your elbow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful line. But no, he's, he, his boss is ragging on him for not um, coming to work on time. He's like, you're 20 minutes late or whatever. And he's like, there's nobody here. And he was like, so what's your point? Are you saying that you don't do your job because there is no job to do? And he was like, there's no people. I'm a bouncer. There's no people to bounce. Because then one of the strippers tells him that there's a... Then he said, he, said he, he makes him go home because he took him off the schedule for like the next four or five days. And he says, I'll call you when I'm ready for you. And before you leave, go talk to um, probably... Or... Yeah, probably the best looking stripper in the, in the place. 
So she tells him there's shitty water all over the uh, women's bathroom. And so then he ends up having to uh, clear that. So, I mean, Sig Haig is in that scene. We mentioned in the last episode yeah, that he plays yeah. a bartender. Um, R.I.P. You know, R.I.P. So he, he has a shitty life, no pun intended. And when he gets home to his trailer in the middle of a desert, nowhere, that's when the bride decides she's going to make her uh, make her chill, I guess. This and, whole time, weren't you thinking that she was in the mountains with a sniper rifle? Yeah. That probably would have been easier. Yeah. But I guess we're supposed to assume that she's the kind of killer that does it close up. Not a very good assassin the way that she did it. No. So it's a very slow scene, and it's a very, like... Uh, intense scene because it builds up the the drama suspense that's the word i'm looking for and so she does it almost like she tries to be like ninja style where Mm -hmm. she's like crawling on the side of his um uh what's it called trailer Trailer. and then when she finally makes her moves that's when it turns out that he knew she was there the whole time and shoots her in the chest full of rock salt and then eventually sedates her in the ass with a needle. Um, did you always know it was rock salt? Yeah. Why yeah. rock salt? Because uh, it's non um, lethal. Yeah, non lethal. It's a deterrent. It's one hell of a deterrent. Yeah, really. Well, I mean, should he have just killed her right there? Because that's, that's like, like, Bud is very, there's that line that he has is like, she deserves her revenge. Yeah. But then he's like, but, but then again, so do we, so so right. does she, or so right. so do we, you know, whatever. So, so he says, you know, we're we're horrible people, but then again, so is she. Right. So he could have killed her right there, ended it, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then he takes her to a uh, uh, graveyard, and he buries her alive. Who's the little box. guy? He's just, I mean, never says, uh, in this description, it says his pint-sized friend, Ernie. <laughs> yeah. uh, that actor's been in, uh, he, like, he was in Sin City, and I think he's been in other things, uh, uh, Tarantino-esque things, you know, things that Tarantino's been connected to. So, yeah, he's, creepy, al- he's a creepy little shit, isn't he? He is a creepy little shit, yeah. But it's just like, you know, if Bud wanted to kill her, he could have killed her, but he wants her to suffer. So he buries her alive and gives her a flashlight. I didn't understand that. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like he wants to see her try to escape. Yeah. But it's like a James Bond fucking plot, right? You know what I mean? Like I've you've got James Bond. You know, they make this joke in fucking um Austin Powers. Yeah. Like the villain has you. You're subdued. And I'm going to make this really super intricate way for you to die and give you pieces to make it out of this. Just, just in case you can, like, let's see if you can. It's a, I don't know if it's a game. I, I don't know. It's never really explained why he gives her the flashlight, but yeah. So, um, apparently I got these confused. Like after he buries her alive, that's when he then goes to the strip club to work. So yep. it's almost supposed to be like, we see, how evil he is and then we see what shitty his life is 
because I always I always wondered like if these people only knew what he was really like you know what I mean like his life would be different mm-hmm. but it's like he just gave up I mean he literally feel, he tells Bill that his uh so he sold his sword yes yeah, as Hanzo Hanzo sword and it just feels like he, he just, just lies he just lies like why lie to yeah. you brother yeah I mean it's a strange character you know, uh, so so that's the end of uh, chapter seven because now then we go to chapter eight, which is called the cruel tutelage of Pai Mei. Yep, your boy Gordon's back. Yep, and uh, she's in the coffin. The bride is in the coffin, and she recounts her first time being told about the great white lotus ninja Pai Mei. So Bill and her are like a campsite, kind of like a campfire kind of thing. And they're talking about, basically talking about what she's going to, she's going to be taught under this man named Pai Mei. Now, and, how many years before is this? Do you know? Uh, no. It didn't say. It's, no. But it's incredible that neither one of them have aged. Aged. Yeah, yeah. Since then at all. Exactly. And we don't know how old she's supposed to be at that point, because I think she's supposed to be somewhat young you know maybe early 20s yeah because they kind of make it sound like she's young so the next morning they he comes down from Pai Mei these long stairs and he's bruised isn't uh, he? yeah, he's, he's, he's uh, fucked up his face is a mess his face is fucked up and and so he said that he kind of had a a bit of a argument or a fight with Pai Mei but that Pai Mei has agreed to train the bride but then uh we eventually we see him her meet the pai mei and pai mei is designed to look like you know characters from the hong kong Kong movies movies, yeah yeah he Uh, is ridiculous he is ridiculous he is probably without a doubt one of the best parts of the movie in my opinion uh he's it's entertaining it's over the top. It's meant to be over the top. And of course we get that, like eventually we get that montage, that training montage. Yeah. But, but, uh, but the whole reason why we're seeing this is because uh, the bride starts to try to uh, punch the coffin. And that's why we see her training montage where he tries to get her to do that, Pai Mei. And of course the first time she does it, she like breaks her hand. When she breaks her hand, or at least uh, badly bruises her hand, you know he feeds her a bowl of rice every night because that's not racist, and um, she can't hold the chopsticks because of her hand, and so she tries to eat it with just her hand, and he doesn't like that, and it throws the bowl on the floor. And what's he say? If uh, you want to eat like a dog, yeah, you can eat where the dog eats. Eat, yeah, eat where the dog eats. So you can eat on the floor with the dogs. And the first time he, she meets Pai Mei, she shows him what she already knows, which is very little. So and this he, is really, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but this is no. really why she's doing everything with her hands. So he, she shows him what she already knows. Right. And, um, and then he almost breaks her arm. He almost breaks her arm. He says, now this is my arm. And since it's my arm, I want this arm to be strong. Right. So you're going to do this. Go ahead. Yeah. 
Uh, so she continues to try to break the wood along with other training montages because there's a lot of them. Uh, and then eventually she does punch through the solid wood and uh, I mean, again, he's a great, there's a scene where she's fighting with a sword and he just hey, jumps, jumps on, it. on the sword. Uh, uh, my favorite part is what he does with his beard. All the you time, know, we, yeah. We, do, we uh, do that a lot in the house. We just mimic that. <laughs> so the end of the chapter deals with her breaking out of the coffin with one punch. Well, I did want to say about the uh, coffin scene. So I, I watched this in the, in the movie theaters, which I saw the first one in the movie theaters as well, but this one I saw twice. And the coffin scene, I'm not um, afraid of small spaces, claustrophobic, I'm not claustrophobic, but this scene in a darkened theater made me a little claustrophobic. Oh yeah. Because it was filmed so well uh, and just, having this fear of like you're gonna die in there was was apparent but then she she manages to punch through now let's talk about uh cheesiness number two her getting out she just crawls you know, through dirt 20 30 feet of dirt how yeah. deep did they bury that yeah and that's just not possible it's one thing to break through the coffin but now you have to go through the dirt and just runs through it yeah yeah, just runs, runs through it. And then she comes out. And again, another thing I found cheesy was when she, there's a scene, you know, within a, a diner. There's a woman in a diner, like a waitress or something. She sees somebody coming out from the dark and it's the bride covered in dirt. But it's the way she runs. Yeah. It's very odd. And it's so um, dusty dirt. It's like, yes, it's, it's not like, you know, fucking fill dirt. It's like sand. It is. It is. Like uh, so dust. That's, it looks like dust. It does. It does look like dust. And it's like, wouldn't you just like shake it off like a dog at some point and just start taking it off your shoulders? Um, so that's the end of chapter eight. And then we get to chapter nine, which is Ellie and I. And this is one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, so we see Ellie played by, uh, what's her name? Uh, Splash. Uh, Yep, 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 yep. Terrible. Why can't I think of it? Um, oh, you, you, you made me forget about it. I feel like Daryl Hannah. Sorry, yep, Daryl Hannah. Hannah. We see Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah comes a bud who's played by Mr. Blonde. And when he, when this movie came out, Michael Madsen said that uh, everyone comes up to him and talks about Mr. Blonde. You know, that's he just all the time. That's what everyone uh, remembers him as, uh, recognizes him as, talks about. And he said that once you see Kill Bill 2, you will stop talking about Mr. Blonde and you'll just, it will be all about Bud. Yeah, not really. No, not really. No. I don't think I so. I mean, what, just because you buried her alive and didn't kill her when you have the chance? I mean, it's just, Bud is just a weird character. So it doesn't, it doesn't match that Steeler's Wheel scene. No. You know what I mean? Because they're both torture, but. The torture in Reservoir Dogs is face to face. Like you're watching. I mean, he has the ear, and pretends to be talking in the severed ear. I mean, that's just like fucked up and like mean. But then burying her, you just walk away and forget. You don't actually see the torment in her face. So did you see like, Bloodshot? No. With uh, Vin Diesel and Dom. No. 
So there's this scene where um, this guy's doing that. He's he's coming in. He's dancing all weird to a song. I think it's Steeler's Wheel, but and he's do he's reenacting the right. Mr. White. So I mean that scene's so big. It's it's in other movies too. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we see um, Ellie come to Bud, and she has a red briefcase full of money, and you know Bud is essentially killed the bride so now ellie is giving the money for it and uh she what's this beatrice having a large i don't know what that means so so the bride comes at the hill overseeing the camper at the same time ellie pulls up to it but she doesn't really do anything we see ellie just uh talk to bud so she gives bud the money and um he makes her like some shitty drink yeah margarita and he's really relishing with the fact that he has now all this money. Yep. And he opens up the case and he starts looking at the money and counting the money and he's all giddy like a child and he pulls out one wad of cash and there's a snake. Huh? One too many. Yeah, one too many. He's a snake, a snake under the money and it starts, I guess you'd it's, say... It's a black mamba, right? Yeah, 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 it's a black mamba, and it just starts attacking him in the face and the neck. And he freaks out, and he's just starting, his face is, all, like, parts where he's got bit is already starting to swell up. And he collapses, and money flies everywhere, and shit flies everywhere, and he's basically dying as Ellie starts reciting to him. Out of her what, little notepad. Yeah, out of her little notepad, what a black mamba can do. And, uh, oh, fuck. I wish I had it on, on here, but it was like... Um, it's like in the bush, you can get... Something can kill you, something can kill you, and this... An yada, elephant yada, yada, can, can kill, kill you. you uh, like, but a black, but you. a black mamba is certain. It's death incarnate. Yeah. yeah. And that it will take uh, 10 minutes. And as she's telling him this, he's literally dying. He's, like, having difficulty breathing, because you can hear him uh, having a hard time breathing. And so she's... You know, and then she says to him that the bride is probably one of the best fighters, sword fighters she's ever seen. And to be murdered by a bushwhacker like you is just um, depressing and sad and, you know, pathetic. So I guess she felt that he shouldn't have been the one to, uh, to end the bride's life. She didn't want anybody to do it. Except she, for her. She, yeah, wanted she wanted to do that it. fight. But... But I mean, the point is like to have it anyone but him also because yeah. he's such a, a, a loser. So he dies. She starts collecting money. She calls, uh, what's his name? Bill. Yep. And she tells him that uh, the bride is buried in, uh, what was her name? Paula Schultz. And then she says, Beatrix Kiddo. And we finally hear her the bride's full name. And it turns out that Bill had always referred to her as Kiddo, not, not knowing that it was her last name. And I didn't want to say this in our last episode of the pod, but what a dumb fucking reveal. Yeah. I mean, that's her fucking, like, I was just reading before we started this, that the reason, you know, he wanted to build this. I don't know what the fuck he wanted to build. It was fucking stupid. That we, the, we waited two movies 
for him to say Beatrix Kiddo. Like, his, her name was bleeped out yeah. every time. Like, who cares? And then That's they show a stupid that, name. It is. And then they show her as a kid in class. Like Beatrix Kiddo? Bueller. Yeah. Here, what was that? Like, how long did it take them just to film that for, for no reason? Uh, so then she calls Bill. She tells Bill Bud's dead, and she tells where to find uh, Beatrix. And then she opens up the door, and here come the dirtiest bare feet you've ever seen, and just smack her right in the chest. And Double kick. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this, man. This is my favorite scene out of the whole both movies. And every time it's on TV, I have to watch it because it is my favorite like fight scene uh so her in uh what's his name beatrix and and they finally get that battle mm-hmm. right that be- that uh, ellie wanted and they give this and, trailer hell oh hell there's a scene where one of them rolls on top of bud's body and it obviously just looks like a cushion like it doesn't even yeah. look like a real body uh but uh what's it called uh who has, oh, so who has a sword? One of them takes, oh, so Bud had taken Beatrix's uh, sword. So that's the one that Ellie uses. Yep. And then uh, Beatrix finds out that Bud did not sell his sword and she uses Bud's sword. So it's this really great fight scene. And at one point, the bride shoves Ellie's face in the toilet. Yeah. And I, get this, I thought for a second, I was like, there's a turd in there. Like, yeah, they're going to show yeah. her looking at a big old log. I think my wife once said that that toilet looks way too clean. Yeah, for that, for the rest of the trailer. Yeah, the rest of the trailer. I mean, in the, in the bathroom alone, there's just like porn mags all over the place. That's nasty. So, but you see the inside of the toilet. And uh, Ellie trying to get the... Uh, the, the what's it called got it to flush i i love i love every minute of that and then they finally she gets bud sword oh there is another cheesy scene and this is just nitpicking on my part but i don't think uh what's her name is that great of an actress uh, uma thurman yeah she sometimes just it's just spotty so she is in bud's bedroom and she's panting and she's like this she's just like and then all of a sudden she's she sees the sword, but there's like no way she would have been able to see it because it was like on this side of her. And she's like, you know, just like looks. And it's like, how would you have seen that all the way to the left of you? It doesn't make sense. And just yeah. her overacting. Ninja. So she, yeah, yeah, ninja. She, she used the force. So she sees the, the sword. They get that final battle. And, uh, and the bride is, is, uh, what's it called? Shoeless at this point too. It's kind of funny. And then, uh, oh, my again, a, a good part that I like is Ellie mentions that she killed Pyme, and she poisoned his uh, fish stew or whatever, his fish or whatever. Yeah, she. So uh, Beatrix asked Elle, "What did you she- do to get your eye snatched out by Pyme?" Yeah. And she called Pai Mei an old fool. And she said, that will do it. <laughs> we see that a little bit of him doing that. The aftermath of that. And then she says, I poisoned that old fool's fish. And then we kind of see that a little bit of Pai Mei dying. 
And she says, I killed your master. And the, again, almost every Kung Fu movie is always someone killed someone's master. Yes. And I just love how Quentin like brings that around. And you know, we, we also find out that she was at least to our knowledge, probably Pai Mei's favorite pupil. Yes. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, you can only imagine, well, we do see how he treats somebody he doesn't like. He plucks an eye out. Yeah. Uh, but we, uh, but yeah, so now it's become this, you know, you killed my master, which is the basis of every uh, Kung Fu movie. So, uh, so then they get into it and it's like, sword against sword and it's supposed to be this epic battle and then the bride just does it and she just plucks ellie's other eye out yeah <laughs> and it's and such a great scene it is great and then the the squish yeah she just drops it on the on the rug and just squish um and that i mean she leaves ellie you know, what do you call it? Like just roaming around in pain and, and anger and just like, you bitch, you bitch, I'll fucking kill you, you bitch. And she leaves her alive, but blind. And with also- With a black mamba in the house. With a black mamba. And My wife and I were saying that the whole time. We're like, what about the fucking snake? Yeah, yeah. Why does nobody care about the snake? Well, but the point is, is that, so Beatrix walks by the, the snake and the snake just stops and, whatever like snarls at her or whatever because the point is is that even though Beatrix didn't kill her a part of her might still might you know because the black mamba represents her so a representation of her still might kill Elle um but in any regard I mean I think that's definitely a fate worse than death and at one point she smashes the mirror that's in the uh, bathroom fuck yep. then you gotta worry about that shit too yeah. but but so, yeah, so she leaves the camper with her screaming, and that is, uh, she takes her sword. Uh, she doesn't even take the money. Because uh, that's another thing. Where does she get the money for all this shit? Oh, were you the one that said uh, that she might have had hidden spots of money? No, I didn't say that. Um, but I know as far as the sword goes, you remember she told... Hansa that she wasn't paying for anything that she was no gonna... but but she had to pay for the flight to Japan and she had to pay for the flight back from Japan I don't know you she... think she uh think she hawked the um the the pussy pussy wagon pussy wagon yeah but I don't think she would have gotten I mean how much would she have gotten because then in, in the last chapter uh which is called face to face we see her driving what like a convertible or something I'm well not, and she's I, flown to japan she's yeah and then she drives down she has badass to, suits to mexico i think it's to mexico so she drives down to mexico yeah she's well tailored yeah she gets her hair done at some point because her <laughs> yeah, hair is bangs. different yeah so she's getting the money from somewhere so maybe she did sell the pussy wagon so then the last chapter begins with her going to a small hut brothel run and then she she mentions how bill had a bunch of uh family uh excuse me father figures which i guess pai Mei was one of them also and she goes to find a man named esteban i'm not saying his last name Biajo? yeah 
and we've yes. met him already too as another yes. character yes uh michael parks played uh the texas ranger in the first one so also so, the gang that he runs is a part of the tarantino universe oh is it his gang uh what's the connection um it's in i think a grindhouse movie like a poster or something like that like maybe they were in a movie in grindhouse and okay. then it was a gang that was mentioned i think in pulp fiction or reservoir dogs one of the two yeah i can't remember the name of the gang, but they're all like uh bastard children basically yeah. So, uh, which we kind—I guess we kind of get a—that—that's what Bill is, or at least he was a orphan or throwaway. Seems like he was a throwaway. So, she, so Esteban runs this brothel, and he—he he says at one point that I wouldn't have shot you if I was Bill. I just would have cut your face. Yeah. And then we see one of those poor women whose face is cut, uh, which his handiwork. And he eventually tells her where Bill is. Um, and she, yeah, he lives in like some sort of high-end apartment complex. Like you think he would have had like his own mansion, you know, yeah. uh, in the hills or something. No, he's just, can you imagine being the neighbor with all the, the noise that they, that, isn't there a lot of noise? Like gunfire? No, there's not that much gunfire, but. Anyway, she goes to the house. She opens the door. It's the Akuna boys, by the way. What is it? Akuna. Akuna boys. Standing there with a fake gun in her hand is her daughter, Bibi, who pretends to shoot Beatrix. And then Beatrix has to play along and pretend she's dead. Um... which is kind of cute. I think BB's very adorable. They really got a good actress to play this sweet kid that, you know, it's just like all this anger that Beatrix has just is supposed to wash away because uh, this adorable little angel, you know, pretty much. And, um, and so then she's, I guess, torn at that point, but she gets to spend a little time with the, the uh, with BB while Bill just runs his mouth for like 40 minutes. And his, his Superman quote's cool. I use that one a lot too. Which one? That basically every superhero has an alter ego. Um, their superhero, their, their hero-ness is their alter ego. And then their true identity is their true identity. But with Superman, he is Superman. He Right. He's, his clothes are what? You know, his suit and everything, his cape is what it's his blanket. What his mother put in there, yeah. Yeah. And he just explains that his his alter ego um is how he looks at us. Yeah. You know, um, like his regular person, which is everybody else's his interpretation. It's his yeah. interpretation of what how he sees uh earthlings. Um before that, we get Bill that talks about that BB's uh, fish had died and she had squished the fish with her foot, just like her mother did with uh, Ellie's eye. Uh, and I guess there's like a conversation about life and death. how she thinks life and death. Yeah. 
he so then BB wants to go to sleep with mommy. Watch what is it with a one of the is it a Shogun assassin or something seven, like that? Seven samurai or seven shoguns or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so they watch it while BB falls asleep. Uh, this is supposed to be kind of funny. That's what Bill is having in her watch as a what four year old probably. Yeah, they're talking about decapitation and shit in the movie. Yeah. So then she comes out, and that's when Bill does he have does he give that whole Superman spiel first, and then shoots her with yep. the? I mean, I really with the I, truth dart. Yeah, with his own with his own uh, serum his or own special serum, yeah, concoction. I remember the first time you talked about that Superman thing, and I just rolled my eyes. I just it, it sounded like pure Quentin Tarantino. And I just had trouble seeing someone like Bill be so into, still at that age, you know, having this like uh, conversation about the duality of Superman. But um, yeah, the, the needle, gangs control, what's, what's it say? So, she, so he asks her questions about why she left. And we get a little bit of a flashback to... Mm-hmm. Beatrix's last uh, mission, I guess, or assassination. And it's what you said before is how she's a terrible uh, assassin. So she's in the hotel room and she sees that she's pregnant and someone knocks on the door and says that they're hotel management or whatever, or hotel employee. And then she drops the pregnancy test and good luck she did. You know, it's, it's good luck that she did because the person ends up being another assassin and tries to shoot through the door with a shotgun. And then, God, you're a fucking terrible assassin if you just believe everyone who knocks on the door saying they're so-and-so, you know? Uh, but then they get into a fight, and of course it's another woman, because if it was another man, I don't think they would have been able to let her go after she tells, she says that she's pregnant. She doesn't Which want is still to do ridiculous. Anymore. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, a killer for hire is still gonna kill well it's that's why she's a woman because yeah. she's supposed to like be able to uh relate to her um but so eventually she does and the woman lets her go and that's when she decides that she don't doesn't want to bring a baby into this life and uh yeah am i missing anything with that that's uh pretty much it with with that part i mean yeah right yeah um so then um, I guess after that, they, they decide they're going to battle one last time. And once again, they pick a location to go do all this battling. It's supposed to be on the beach right at yeah. fucking um, sunrise, right? Right, right. And it's supposed to be beautiful and all this and that. But instead of that, they just fucking start fighting. And even before they fight, she does the five-point plan, excuse me, five-point palm exploding heart technique that Pai Mei uh, taught her. And again, this is such a ridiculous kung fu uh, thing element that they do. And of course, all he has to do is take five steps and then his heart will explode. <laughs> 
But, I like in the move how she does the five points, but in the middle, like she like twists. Twists, yeah. Little yeah. little titty twister, like she yeah. like she's turning on the an oven switch or something. Like and yeah. it's on, and I said it. Yeah, is it? Yeah. So then he, they have a sorrow goodbye, and then he takes his five steps into the backyard, and then we see him collapse. And this and, is like I said, this is where we find out that. Her master, Pai Mei, that she was probably, well, as far as we know, she was his favorite pupil because he taught no one. He taught her how to do that, right? He how taught no one that. how to do that. And Bill was, Bill was kind of impressed and I guess a little um, jealous that he taught her how to do that because uh, obviously he didn't even te- teach Bill how to do that. Um, so then, uh, he, excuse me, she picks up, gets BB and then drives away and they're in a hotel and she's in the bathroom while BB's sleeping in the bed and she's crying. Yep. Right. Correct. I think, I think happy. What do you think? I think happy tears. I think it's a mixture of both. I think that she still felt, uh, felt for Bill and obviously Bill felt for her. Because Bill is supposed to be like a child, right? I mean, he's a man child, just like Tarantino, just like Tarantino. And he has a selfish moment uh, and he overreacts and then he feels bad about it. And so he doesn't expect her to forgive him, but I think they both have uh, conflicting feelings for each other. This love hate. So yeah, I think she's crying because she's happy, she's sad, she's scared, because now what's she gonna do? You know, now she's got this four-year-old kid and like, how is she even going to explain what happened to dad, you know? Yep. Um, Who's been so, raising her her whole life. Yeah, her whole life. But I mean, luckily, I mean, not luckily, but hopefully BB will forget him because she's pretty young. Four. Where, mm-hmm. Yeah, where it's she four could- years. Uh, she could uh, raise her and kind of really maybe be distant memories of Bill and not remember him that well. But that's it. That's the end of the saga, the two-part saga that is Kill Bill. Um, So real quick question, which one of the two... Now, you do consider this one movie, but for just just this question, uh, which part, which one do you uh, like better? Two. I like volume two better. Yep. Me too. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I said that the first one I've appreciated it more over time, mm-hmm. but the second one I felt was was better. Um, there's a lot of better scenes. There's more better. memorable scenes. There's better actors. Like Michael Madsen is in this one, and we get we do get way more Bill. Um, yeah, we get more Bill. Not just better better actors, but I'd say better characters. We get Pai Mei. Um, yeah, we get Pai Mei. We get more Ellie. The people that worked, the one guy that worked with um, with Bud, I thought he was fucking hilarious. The coke-headed fucking strip club manager. Yeah. Our owner. Um, yeah. Yeah, just better characters altogether. Yeah. More character, uh, the- way more character development in this movie. It's a different movie compared to the first one because the first one has a lot of like, just like straight up action, action. fight yeah. scenes. And the second one is a little bit slower. But, um, but like I said, the graveyard scene of her being in the coffin, Pai Mei, her fighting with Ellie, 
you know, my wife always says that this movie is, uh, well, this one is more of a love story. And it's true because the bride and Bill definitely do love each other, but they also have a lot of animosity towards each other. Um, so what else? Any other feelings about this? Nope. This one's I right now will put this one above a, above Pulp Fiction. Really? Yep. So you don't like, I don't, you don't have to rank these as two movies. You're, I mean, as one movie or whatever you want to do. If you rank it, it as one. one movie, then I'll definitely put it above Pulp Fiction. Okay. Well, let's see. Um, as we are now, oh, fuck. I will, oof. I think Pulp Fiction is still number one, but uh, To Bill Part uh, Volume Two is probably number two, and then Volume One is number three. Um, because then Reservoir Dogs and Jackie Brown. Yes, then Reservoir Dogs and Jackie Brown because they're fun. They are fun movies, especially mm -hmm. the first one. It's fun. Uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of fucking references and a lot of other actors who've been in other shit, and it's just. It's definitely a part of uh, part of the universe. Um, so yeah, I think we've done pretty well for time. And then what you also brought up last time is that you know there was a big gap in between Jackie Brown yeah. and Kill Bill. There was a huge gap. Yeah. So now Tarantino's back and stays exactly. relevant pretty much throughout. Yeah, um, definitely. I think he definitely um, made more of a name for himself as a Hollywood director rather than just a uh, independent because mm -hmm. like Reservoir Dogs and, and Jackie Brown is just, it really is a step back. And this is like two steps forward, I guess. Um, but yeah, and then he won't do another movie. See, the next, see, we should definitely try to finish Bioshock because I don't think either one of us wants to see Death Proof. No, I don't like Death Proof. It's three years. Uh, so Kill Bill 1 was 03, Kill Bill 2 was 04, and then Death Proof is 07. And Yeah, him and, uh, him and Rodriguez did a thing, and it stunk. Yeah. Uh, I will say this, though, for the next pod, uh, if I mean I'm I'm going to watch Death Proof. I don't know if you will. Yeah. But will. have you have you ever seen the trailers that they had? No. Oh, the uh, made up trailers for the Grindhouse movie. Oh, the ones that are in the movies for yeah, for, yeah. for fake movies. Yeah. 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 Uh, those are very enjoyable. Uh, unfortunately, probably better than the two movies. Yes. Um, okay, so we're actually got some time. So let me ask you, I wanted to ask you about uh, your favorite guilty pleasure movies. And your answer was? Van Damme. Van Damme. So like Kickboxer, um, Bloodsport, um, Hard to Kill, um, Universal Soldier. Those, those are not good movies. And I love them. I'm also a so, sucker for some like old school like Will Ferrell movies like um old school and like uh Step Brothers and fucking Talladega Nights. I love Step Brothers. I love Step Brothers. Yeah, the thing with the guilty pleasure though is that um some people might consider those movies good movies. 
you know, but it's all about what you think of those movies and knowing that a guilty pleasure movie is not good, but you like it for yeah. whatever reason. Uh, I think that if you like a movie based on how it made you feel as a kid or for nostalgia reasons, that may not necessarily be a guilty pleasure. Because again, you have to know, this is not a great movie, but you enjoy it. What about like some of uh, his other movies, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, like uh, Double Team? That was just on recently. With Dennis Rodman? With Dennis Rodman. It's horrible. It's a horrible movie. It's a bad movie. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other movies you did. But yeah, I'll watch it. <laughs> if it's on TV, I will watch it. <laughs> oh, oh, I got one for you. One of my favorite, uh, not really saying much, Jean-Claude Van Damme movies is Time Cop. Yeah, yeah, I was going to bring I up Time Cop. The, the splits. I love Time Cop. Yeah, yeah, the splits. I recently watched that with my wife because she had never seen it. And uh, yeah, it's not good. His like jumping roundhouse splits kick that would just be completely ineffective, you know what I mean? In, in a fight, yeah, <laughs> because they always tried to shoot like they always tried to work it somehow, you know. Uh, like in Time Cop, it's like there, there's water on the floor and someone's going to use a, a taser gun, and then he just does the flip to avoid the electrifying yeah. water. Do you remember when he just got beat up by some dude at a at a, bar. In a club? No. Yeah, yeah Jean-Claude no. Van Damme. Yeah, he, I think it was in New York. He just ran his mouth and just some Joe Schmo just beat the shit out of him in a bar. And said, you can't split your way out of this. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, so I was trying to think of movies. So my wife and I have this running joke. Uh, when we were dating before we were married, I had watched this movie on cable. Have you ever heard of the movie Diver, The Giver? Yeah, yeah, with the, the right. suit. Yeah, so the second I used to love that when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. The second one was on, and the second one's really bad because it doesn't have any of the actors from the first movie, and it's filmed in the woods, you know, because they didn't probably need filming permits to film in the do woods. You, do you remember when you were a kid and, like, it was ABC or maybe all of them, but they all had their Sunday matinees? yeah. And like it was always like a B movie, yeah. But like, like the the guy was always on. Yeah, it was like always one of those. But the second one is worse, and so she always uh, teased me about loving the second one. So even if the second one's on, I'll watch it. But I love the first one, and the first one I don't think is that bad of a movie. I mean, it's cheesy. It's B. It's a B movie, but it's yeah. not like horrible. I don't think I've seen um, the second one. Yeah, the second one's not that great. <laughs> um, have you? So what is it? It's like an alien suit, right? Yeah, it's like this alien thing that attaches itself to him, and he's able to use it as a suit whenever I guess in danger. And it's just rubber. Um, I mean, it's just yeah, it's, ru it's rubber. Yeah, <laughs> it but the like... first one, the first one had like Mark Hamill in it, and yeah. it had like a lot of B actors movie uh, in it. Um, did you ever watch? Uh, We've never brought this up in conversation, but did you ever watch The Room? Yeah. Oh, uh, wait, what's The Room? You, I thought, uh, for some reason, I don't know what you're talking about. For some reason, I was thinking Four Rooms. No, uh, it's this really cheesy movie called The Room. It stars, directed, and written by this guy named Tommy Wiseau. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, well, I watched the movie about Tommy Wiseau. The James with Franco, Franco Yeah. Um, you, dude, I, if... If 
we were living nearby, I would tell you to come over and watch The Room because you have to watch that movie. That is definitely a guilty pleasure because it is an awful, awful, awful movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he, so, the, so you saw the, uh, the what's it called? The, the movie based on it. So you, yeah. you have an idea of what. But Did you watch that TV show Neighbors that he was in? I saw the trailer for it. Bad. And the trailer well, no. was cringy. It's, the show's not bad. He's bad. Of course he's bad. He thinks he's, uh, what's it called, James Dean. <laughs> That's why he, he did that famous line uh, in his movie, You're Tearing Me Apart, Lisa, because it's from a James Dean movie. Um, you got to watch the, the Room, man. It's, it's like classic trash. <laughs> People loved it because it was horrible. It is. It's funny. It's like unintentionally funny. Uh, it, you know, I mean, people have called it like our generation's Rocky Horror Picture Show because of the way that fans will interact with the movie while they're watching the movie. So it's it's great. It's such a great movie. Um, well, it's great for being shitty. I mean, he like he financed that whole thing himself. It's, yeah, and nobody knows where he got the money from. Nobody knows how old he is. Well, the book, the Disaster Artist, series, the the book that the movie is based on. Delves a little bit more. Um, so he had this, uh, he had like shops in San Francisco, like uh, clothing shops. And they think that might have been where he got some of his money from. And uh, they think he might be from somewhere like Eastern European, uh, you know, behind the, the what's it called, the Berlin Wall kind of thing. Yeah. But some inheritance. It's, yeah, maybe, maybe inheritance, but. Uh, I was uh, we were watching a video and they talked about uh, Superman Four: The Quest for Peace. That's that's I love. Have you ever seen that? You're, yeah, yeah, with yeah. the Adam Man or whoever it is. Yeah. Uh, no, Nuclear Man. Nuclear Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Nuclear horrible. Man. The guy that looks uh, like fucking um, gosh, what's his name? That '80s Flash Gordon. Kind of looks like Flash yeah. Gordon. He has like he has like a mullet. He has like yeah. a um, blonde mullet. Uh, I love that fucking movie, man. I love that movie. I like Superman 3, and it's Superman like 3 Superman is not very too. good. Yeah, it's not very good, no. They have their, their version of... I've always said that uh, uh, the villain is um, Brainiac, basically, which is like yeah. a really shitty version of ba- Brainiac. Richard but, Pryor. Yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, Richard Pryor never really had a movie that did well. Yeah, you know, I love the toy. I love the toy when I was a kid. I love the toy too. Also, that's a Richard Donner movie, also, but I didn't do very well. No. Um, the, the with Quest for Peace is that John Cryer's in it, and he plays uh, Lex's annoying nephew. Yeah, Lou. Now what, he, what's his name? Is it Lou? Something like that. Something like that. And now he Something plays stupid. Lex Luthor. Now yeah. he plays Lex Luthor on, t- on TV. Um, I'm trying to think, I was trying to think of some guilty pleasures, but oh, I'll, I'll end with one more. So there's this um, Australian actor. His name was Yahoo Sirius. And he did this movie called Young Einstein. Oh, I love where, it. Yeah. The electric violin and that shit. Yeah. He like invents yeah. beer and he made Einstein Australian. These are like <laughs> all the, movies that I loved when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. It's funny. 
Um, but I always threaten my wife that I'm going to make her watch Young Einstein because it's just awful. It's such an awful movie. Yeah, it's not good. It's not no. good. No. Um, all right, so I think that, that does it for us. So next week, probably going to do Bioshock. Yeah, I did. Man, I did a – so just where I'm at right now, I got the flame fist and the telekinetic fist. Um, okay. And it's just – I think if I would have played this game in 2007, you would have liked it. With, I would have, I would have liked it now more than what okay. I do. Okay. I'm not super into it. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not super into it. <laughs> I can tell. It's not. <laughs> I hate the the triangle, the arrow. Yeah. Because it yeah. does a shit job of telling you where you need to go. Oh yeah. Like, I could really just do without it. Yep. Because it will lead you right into a wall. And then when you do actually go where you're supposed to go, it's pointing somewhere completely different. It's a yep. horrible, it's horrible awful. tool. Yep. Um, but we, we got to save this for next week, okay. though. <laughs> uh, wait, you know what? I'll ask you. I, anyway. I don't you, know. I'll keep on powering through it. I don't know if I will roll credits on this one. Okay. So I'll probably have to watch some videos or or let you tell me everything that happens. You can do a plot okay. of Bioshock. Okay. But um, I am gonna keep, I'll, I'll definitely I will be playing it this week. Like I told you, I'm yeah. off. Um, I've got a four day weekend coming up too. And uh, what else have you been watching or, or or playing? Oh yeah. So I watched the first episode of the second season of Doom Patrol. Oh, yeah? Um, I haven't seen it yet. How is it? Oh, it goes on too long for what they're doing. So I'll just... Okay. That's it. That's all I'll say. But it's good. Of course it's good. Um, I'm going to go watch another episode of it. Let me see. Anything else that I watched? Oh, I watched Lord of the Rings. Um, So Bilbo died in real life. Yes. The actor. Ian, um, I don't know. He died. I think it's it. I think his name's Ian. Yeah, Damn it. Now, home, now yeah. I feel no. Okay, I was gonna say now I feel really disrespectful. No, Ian Holm. Really, yeah, I really like that that actor. So yeah, I've been watching Lord of the Rings. Um, I watched Fellowship today, and about halfway through, Two Towers. I've been playing a lot of Destiny. Last night I played two to three hours or so of. I'm probably only about five hours, I think, of playing Bioshock, and that's just because I don't know where to go and I just run around a lot. Um, I bought Duke Nukem on the Switch not too long ago because the pre-orders were $5.99. They're 50% off, so like now the game's $9.99. But it, I played that this morning for, I don't know, probably two, three hours, and it's it's awesome. It's awesome. It is a better first-person shooter than Bioshock. Duke Nukem. Wait, (laughs) Duke Nukem. Which one? The original? This is the three D this is the three D collection. Yeah. Okay, okay. So like wow. like the Duke Nukem that was on like sixty four and shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Wow. We have to remember that for next week so you can say it again. <laughs> yeah, I will. This is a better first as far as just being a first person shooter, Duke Nukem did it better. Wow. <laughs> Strong words. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I did. I wanted to plug our Facebook group, our gamers face group, Facebook group, because 
we have been doing a tournament for the best 80s movies. Yes, I'm not happy with it. Some of these, dude, have been really close and down to the wire. Let me just say we did a 90s first because most of the people, a good chunk of the people in our group are 90s kids. But, um, well, they're actually 2000s kids. But I'm I'm a 90s kid. Yeah, I know, I know. But The Matrix being the the top movie of the 90s? In the 90s it was. Yeah, but it, it doesn't. I don't feel like it holds up very well. Plus, the sequels have just murdered. No, no, no. The third one was pretty good. Oh, um, really? If you watch the CG, if you go back and watch the CGI, um, the scene where he's fighting all the, the first time that he's fighting all the all the Smiths or all the yeah all the Smiths, and he's just like run kicking on them. It looks so bad. Yes, it looks so bad. Mm-hmm. It looks like like when Harry Potter, when like like the first couple of movies where Harry Potter's flying and falling. Yeah. It looks like yeah. that. It's just yeah. so bad. Like like well, that's animation for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I don't know, man. I just didn't think. Yeah, for the, at the time it might have been the the movie of the '90s, but we're not in the '90s anymore. So let's. See I don't know where... if that was really. Well, it's not like I've lately I've been like, man, I really want to go watch The Matrix. Right. Right. I, I mean, I thought you would have been hard on uh, for for uh, Big Lebowski to win. Yep. Um, so let's. What? Well, yeah. What? No, but it didn't. It didn't. Yeah. It wasn't even. Didn't even come close. So. Yeah, but our our group's weird though. How are we in a nerd group and? The Breakfast Club is beating Bloodsport. Because it's a better movie, Michael. It's <laughs> no, a better it's, movie. It's not. It's not for it our... Is. It's, Are you serious? It's definitely not for our demographic. Yeah, but we've got a mix of people, which is, uh, which is a good thing. But, I mean, I'm the Breakfast Club... I'm going to look right now. Yep, it's one point. There is a lot of yeah, votes it's one for point. that one. It is still. It's uh, gonna win. Breakfast Club's gonna win. Oh, yeah. that's just that's disappointing. First round, I put in Bloodsport, and it's gonna go out in the first round. And that one, if it would have put up against anybody else, maybe not the Predator, but anybody else, or the Goonies, but anybody else. <laughs> so wait, this one, this one is pretty close. Not as close as that one, but uh, it's Aliens versus the Goonies. And Aliens is winning sixteen to fourteen. I had to go. I think I. I think I did. It's more than I, I hit Aliens first, and then I looked at it. And I was like, No, I gotta hit Goonies. Nineteen to seventeen. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw you hit Goonies, but again, Aliens is just a better uh, movie. It's just a better made movie. Uh, what else? Did you see the brackets? Because there's Return of the Jedi is going up against uh, Empire Strikes Back. That's a, that's, yeah. We need to look into the how. I know it's like it's automatic. Andre. It's, it's uh, all, he says yeah. it's just automatic. He just plugs it, it in is. and it makes a bracket. And then he's got uh, Full Metal Jacket versus The Shining, which is two yeah, Stanley two, Kubrick movies. Yeah, two Kubricks. But is yeah. Uh, let's see. The, my pick was Raiders of the Lost Ark, and that smacked Tron, which was difficult for me because I love both movies. But again, I think Raiders is just a better movie. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, this one's more exciting. Terminator beat Last Crusade, which, you know, of course. But, um, but yeah. Uh, it's, do you like the Terminator? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, two is better. Two is a course. lot better. Yeah. But, um, but see, that movie should have won the 90s movies. Yeah. Best special effects and then of the 90s. Because it still, it still holds up. I feel like the whole thing still holds up. Um, but yeah, this 80s, this 80s one's going to be good. I wanted to make the joke and say uh, the next tournament we should do is the best movies of the 1940s. But, you know, just as a joke, because but I don't think it would translate very well. Um, let's see. I just want to real quick. I have been playing Last of Us 2 this whole week. I just finished a day or two ago. Um, yeah. So that was uh, emotionally exhausting. I bet. Um, what else? Uh, oh, we just watched uh, Doctor Sleep. Yeah, did you like it? Uh, yeah, it was it was good. I wasn't a fan of the recreating of the sh- scenes from The Shining. Yeah. Um, did you see it? No. So, but you know, it's a sequel to The Shining. Yeah, sort of a yeah. sequel to The Shining. It's confusing because The Shining, the book, is different than The Shining, the movie. So they had to make a Doctor Sleep that both made sense for the movie and the book if that makes sense so but they did a lot of recreating of scenes from the shining so it was a little weird but it's long it's like two and a half hours long um but it was decent it wasn't bad it was better than i thought it would be uh so yeah i say that's it so next week is uh bioshock and yeah we'll do bioshock i promise probably then we'd probably have to talk about the next game we'll go yeah. play from that year. Do you want to still play from We can that do year? 11. We can do seven. It doesn't matter. We can go that year again. It doesn't matter. I don't, okay. Whatever. Um, what else? What else? Did, am I missing anything? Uh, oh, uh, email us at gamers527 at Gmail. If you have any questions or anything that you don't agree with, uh, don't forget, as I said in the beginning of the pod, our Patreon, this is Gamerish, our Facebook group. Um, you're listening to anchor cool if you're watching on youtube subscribe like and comment and uh i think that's it is there anything else before um don't blow your hands off playing with fireworks and if you still have your hands left after playing with fireworks please make sure to wash them yes uh okay well until next time i am eric and i've been the nick and this has been as always I am Michael Brevard Decker, a.k.a. Captain BD, a.k.a. The Hick. Good night. Night.